Welcome into the last edition of the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast for 2021. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. Ryan, we've been doing this six months, buddy. It's hard to believe that that amount, that amount of time has gone by, but it has. And we are now here in the final week of 2021, Penn State getting ready to play the Outback Bowl and conclude its season. We're concluding ours here on the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast with a year in review. First off, Ryan, a happy holidays to you and the family. Wishing you all a happy new year. And, of course, to our fans as well. We'll be back in the first week of 2022. But we have a lot to review and revisit about 2021 before that. First of all, how are we doing? How's things going? And are you winning anything on bowl games? Or do we need to look back <laughs> to the uh, the bowl betting preview edition that you mean – or, I'm sorry, the season betting preview edition that you yeah. Dave and I did uh, to find some good news and good nuggets? I'm trying to pull up my numbers right now. Well, in our bowl pick uh I'm hitting 55%. So, I mean, that's okay. I'm in the mix. I'm third. Uh, actual plays, I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, I guess if I don't know, it's not good, right? Um, right. <laughs> so, if I can win this okay. bowl pick that'd be good, though. Yeah, There's I'm time can... to bounce back. Yeah. The big games are coming up here now. They're, they're just getting started now. So That's right. Um, I, I, I couldn't tell you a whole lot about what was it, Kent State, Wyoming the other day. So... Although I had Kent State and I lost. So anyway, move on. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Wyoming, Kent State in a barn burner of a game. And if you had the over, you were in good shape. Uh, Let's start our review here of 2021 for Penn State recruiting. Obviously a good year for the Lions, both in the transfer portal as it relates to the 2021 season. And then, of course, with momentum to sign a currently top 10 class of 2022. The first commit of the year actually happened on New Year's Day. It was Makai Flowers, who at the time was playing at Steel High, I believe. He's now going to graduate from Central Dolphin East High School here in the Harrisburg area. And enroll, um, you know, and become a Nittany Lion and start his career on defense at safety, as will Christian Driver, another guy who possibly was, uh, you know, another guy who was possibly going to start his career on offense. Let's start with Makai. What are your impressions of him, and what do you remember about that commitment? I remember being. Uh, did, was it was it at midnight? I think it was. I mean, we 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 pre, you believe know, so. Yes. Pre wrote those. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it was at midnight. So. Uh, yeah, doing a little work at midnight. That's fun. Uh, but, I mean, what at least other way would you celebrate good. New Year's Eve, buddy? I can't think of yeah, any right? other way to celebrate New Year's Eve other than that. With a four-year-old and a two-year-old, we weren't doing anything, so I can't complain. That was – the Derek Wingo on Christmas was the one that uh, – that was that a was couple one. years ago, yes. of course. Yeah, that I was walking – literally walking out the door to go to our relatives, so that was one that my wife will never let me hear the end of. But this one, I mean, Makai was cool. He – you know, obviously we spoke before and uh, had everything ready to go. Just kind of had to click a couple buttons, send a couple tweets, and it wasn't too bad. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Makai's – in the morning he committed, so it was not midnight, thankfully. Oh, it wasn't? No. Okay, well, we wrote it We wrote it uh, the night before. No, the so. New Year's Eve midnight commitment, it was the year Penn State was at the Rose Bowl. I'm trying to think who that was, but he didn't – Oh, up, okay. He didn't uh, – he either came to Penn State and left or didn't even make it here. I'll have to look that up while we're talking. Here. I remember but, having one at New Year's. Yeah, I definitely remember having one uh, like that. So, okay. Yes. Well, at any rate, the last commit of the year then for Penn State in the class of 2022 was Amari Evans. And he's the guy we talked about at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com last week as someone who Penn State thinks is a very special player and could maybe contribute early. Ryan. His final two were Rutgers and Penn State, and there are not many Texas kids who decide between Rutgers and Penn State. His father does live in the Midwest, so that's part of the uh, connection there, but he's a really good get, and I think it's probably a little bit surprising to fans that his commitment, which came in October, was the last one of this class. 
But then again, mm-hmm. there were so many guys committed before the season even started that it's not a total shocker. Though, I don't think any of us would have been surprised if Penn State would have landed maybe one. You know, if you would have asked back in October, I think it probably would have been fair to say that they would get one more. That's not it. That did not end up being the case. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, Emil Wagner to Deshaun Barnes to a bunch of guys that they were trying to, to flip at the end. Um, but again, you know, at the time, what was, it, was that 27 that they reached, I believe, uh, at the time? So, I mean, they were that that was pretty much the max. I don't know how they were going to fit more guys in, but I think they also, you know, always kind of expected it to not quite finish there as far as the guys they had committed at the time. So, uh, yeah, that wasn't that. That definitely would have been my pick for the last one, but uh, you know, when they're still at number seven in the polls or in the in the rankings, and um, you know, th- that's what happens when you have a, a crazy summer, which I think we're going to get into here in a bit. Yeah, no question. Yeah, that's the next part of this Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast Year and Review Edition. Uh, the best part of visits returning in the summer, and you and I talked uh, when I first came on board with BWI back in July that. You know, June was one of the crazy – June and July were just nuts, uh, and with good reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, official visits came back, and guys had a chance to come to campus for the first time in a very, very long time because of the coronavirus dead period, of course. And they didn't waste any time getting there. You know, there was no wasted movement really by anyone who either is a part of Penn State's class or was considered to be a caliber of player to be a part of Penn State's class – and the coaching staff as well. Everyone was flying around. We'll combine these next two sections, Ryan. But June and July, the craziest part of the year, no question, and the best part of it for Penn State because they were able to showcase a lot of the things they obviously could not give justice with electronic communication, and that made a big mm-hmm. difference. So I, my numbers were 120, a little over 120. I, I don't know if I, I – I always miss somebody, you know, but the numbers I had were 120 prospects for an unofficial or official visit. And I think it was probably somewhere close to like 123, 124. There were 1,300 high school kids for seven different camps, a seven on seven that had 54 schools attend. So I don't know what, how many kids that was, but it was, it was nuts. And then I, I, according to what I had for my list, there were only two days between June 1st and June 27th that didn't have at least one prospect on campus. So (laughs) yeah, that was, that was unlike anything we've seen. I remember, (laughs) you know, like behind the scenes are always like, God, this is, you know, this is hard. And I remember, uh, speaking with Penn state people and like, I would say that to them and then I'd catch myself real quick and be like, actually, you know, what I'm doing right now is nowhere near as difficult as uh, what you guys are doing up there and lash. So but it was wild, man. I mean, I, I definitely remember talking to, you know, just, just different sources I have up there and, and they were worn out. I mean, there were people basically just sleeping in, in Lash uh, throughout June because they would have visits go deep into the night and then, you know, they'd have to get ready for the next day. I mean, I know some people work and I remember I got a call one time at like one thirty, and I was I, I text the person at, you know, midnight or so and. It was just like, yeah, you're going to be up for a while. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't expect it to be 1.30. Uh, I was actually still up working at the time. But I mean, that's kind of the point. It's just, you know, everybody was working deep into the nights. And then you'd have a new group of, or, or just even a single recruit coming on campus at 7, 8 a.m. So, you know, just, just <laughs> sleep and lash. And that happened quite a few occasions. But uh, it, it paid off, right? I mean, right. nobody can uh, deny that the hard work didn't pay off in the end. So I, the one thing. So for our first, what we were going to get into was what was the best part of visits returning? And I look at it in two different ways. I look at it, obviously, is from Penn State's perspective, 
uh, I say this all the time, but state college isn't for everybody. You know, you and I, you know, we, we, we like the area and, and everyone watching this, obviously, I, I think loves state college. Many of you went here to school, uh, but there are a lot of guys who just prefer a more urban setting, you know, the drive to get here kind of, right. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes that it's drive alone, as easy like as the uh, Beaver stadium car race makes it look to get no. from Harrisburg to state college or really anywhere <laughs> to state college. Yeah. In, on the on the scoreboard, I think fans will know. What was it? Utz? Utz sponsored Utz, that, I think yes, it was. the Utz but, car uh, race where, you know, you can get to yeah. – uh, don't even get me started. You, I don't even want to go there. Uh, but I just always look the taken. mountains. Yeah, right. The mountains, look, I felt like we were like in Boulder or something uh, on the on the scoreboard. But, all right, right. anyway, to the point. Uh, just so getting – so being able to show State College, again, you know, you, and he was able to, to weed out the guys that like, hey, look, I uh, like your program, but this isn't for me. And it was also able to get those guys who, hey, I really like your program. I know nothing about the area. And then, you know, you get them up here, they love it, and, and that seals kind of the deal. For, from my perspective, what was nice is just being able to see guys again. So, uh, of course, I was able to see some guys in the camp season in, in March, April, and May – uh, but there's so many guys that I've just I've never met before, uh, who especially guys that didn't really live in PA Maryland area, uh, and so just being able to see them, you know, we weren't allowed at camp uh, for Penn State's camps this year, but when they leave and stuff, and you know, all the there's so many photos of guys in those camp jerseys like outside Beaver Stadium. That's because yeah. we were just kind of posted up up there, you know, getting photos of guys as they would come and go. Uh, but just being able to introduce yourself, introduce yourself to parents, that was so. Uh, big for me. Uh, I've been bugging these guys for how many months and, you know, right. they've never really met me in person. So that for me, that that was the biggest takeaway. And then, of course, for Penn State, uh, just being able to get guys here and, and sell what Penn State and State College have to offer. I think that'll help with the transfer portal losses, too. I mean, you're going to have guys mm -hmm. move on every year for on-field reasons or playing time reasons or whatever. Uh, maybe their position coach left and they don't like the new one. Maybe the coordinator, you know, there's going to be guys that go into portal every single year. You're never going to completely avoid that, but uh, I think it is possible to say that you can at least weed out some of the ones who, uh, or reduce, I guess, the ones who would come here for a year and say, you know what, this place is not for me whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I don't like how cold it gets in the winter. I don't care for what there's to do when we're here in the summer, blah, 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 the list goes on and on. Uh, so that, I think, to me, is the best part of these visits coming back, and it kind of curtails what you were saying, just the fact that you know, you roster management is so hard in this day and age. And when you're recruiting guys doing uh, holding up a phone to show them a, a forum, the, you know, the forum building mm -hmm. and a lecture hall or show them Beaver Stadium or what have you. I mean, it's one thing to look at it through glass and a cell phone. And it's another to actually see it with your own eyes and say, I can see myself here or conversely, I can't see myself here at all. So certainly a big part of that stretch for Penn State. And, of course, I think the fall visits, too, were really key. You know, you look at the trend of committing on the field. That was interesting for us, uh, for sure, mm -hmm. and something that was kind of new this year in terms of the number of guys who did it. But, Ryan, I don't think that's going away anytime soon. So when we look back at this year, I think we probably ha can highlight that as something that fans should maybe get used to because I think it's going to happen more and more in the future. Yeah, Penn State seems to like that. Uh, it's kind of surprising to me just because it feels like the commitment Say gets that again. No... Just, just so we're all clear. Say that again. <laughs> it's surprising to me because the commitment gets no credit that day. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, the, no, uh... I was actually referring to the fact that you said Penn State seems to like it because I know we get some folks upset uh, inside uh... the lines and uh, message board at blueeyedillustrated.com that it's a distraction for the coaches and stuff. And you know, uh... those 30 no, seconds no, 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 no. are just not, not – 
That's so they are not the playing, reason guys. Penn State can't run the ball. They are not the reason the Lions <laughs> lost to Illinois. They are not the reason. I should have known. Sean Clifford is sometimes inaccurate or that tackles are sometimes missed. The, the 30 seconds the kid takes to commit and hug James Franklin's his family are not the reason for the Lions problem. Yeah. So, yeah, I should have known that's what you're referring I to. Held on, uh, I've been holding on to that for a little bit, so I'm glad I got it out uh, here before the end of the year. <laughs> that's good. Turn, turn, turn a new yeah. page for 2022. But, yeah, go ahead. I mean, those visits are basically planned, guys. I, I don't think Lamont Payne was quite planned, but I think the other two. That was definitely Mathias, more off the cuff for sure. Yeah, um, but then, of course, Lamont was the first, but Matthias knew what he was going to do, and, and so did Joey Schleffler. So, uh, but yeah, they're definitely not playing. <laughs> and I, I could see that continuing. I just, it is, it does surprise me a little bit because it feels, I remember being outside of Beaver Stadium after one of the games, and, and someone's like, oh, Penn State got a commitment today? Like, I had no, and just walking by, you know, listening to people. And it just always kind of feels like it just, the player doesn't get the credit he would if it was like a Monday night or something like that. Right. But I, I would be surprised if that doesn't continue next season. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree. All right. We're about halfway through this edition of the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. You can find all of our work at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Find us on YouTube if you're watching us there. Thank you. And if you've enjoyed these YouTube videos and, of course, the BWI Daily with T. Frank, we really appreciate you subscribing and leaving any feedback you have for us at youtube.com slash bluewhiteillustrated. And if you are watching there and you want the audio versions of these, you can find them anywhere you get your audio, be it uh, Apple, Spotify, Google. I know at first we had a hard time getting on the Apple, so thanks for all of you who stuck with us through that. And then we had a little Spotify blip as we were learning uh, kind of how these things have to work. And now we should be all systems go uh, as we close out 2021 here. Ryan, let's move along on our, to our next uh, topic, and I think it's one that Penn State fans are going to be really interested in. The craziest recruitment you followed this year. I think we mm-hmm. both could make one easy pick here, but where do you want to start and where do you want to take it? Go ahead. Well, uh, Andre Roy, of course, would be the one that was just like, wait, what? He just committed? Like, what happened here? Uh, <laughs> of course, right. you know, committing on a Thursday night, and then there's no bat signal <laughs> Uh, for an hour or two and you know I come to learn that uh, it's just because uh, Penn State wanted to put a bad signal out but they just wanted to speak with the player first and uh, Andre just I don't know for some reason didn't speak with them for I think it was like an hour and a half two hours something like that but I would say this it depends on how I I would say it just depends on how you want to look at craziest though you know what is craziest to you I mean to me when I look at I'll go with denied Dennis Sutton here from the perspective of it got so much attention. Like fans were just absolutely wanted to know every detail of deny Dennis Sutton. I could not talk about deny Dennis Sutton enough in, in early July and even at the end of uh, in June as well. I mean, right. whenever Penn state's duking it out with Alabama and Georgia for an elite pass rusher. And then there was talk at one point that he was leaning towards Georgia and, and deny I'll say, I mean, it, Athens was very uh, enticing. Um, you know, just, sure. just the town there and everything that they have to offer from a facility perspective. I do think at one point, man, he was seriously considering it. But Penn State did an awesome job. Kenny Sanders, of course, has McDonough ties. He was a big part of that. And of course, give it to John Scott and the whole defensive staff and Franklin as well. But as far as just what fans were just crazy about and they needed to know what was going on every second, I would absolutely go with deny uh, as my pick. Yeah, that, that was a fascinating recruitment. I remember David Eckert and I were out in Indianapolis uh, at Big Ten Media Days, and James Franklin had a little bit of a bigger smile on his face as that announcement <laughs> time grew closer because he knew what was around the corner, and it was a huge win for Penn State. And I, uh, not one of Penn State's early enrollees, but they think he can contribute early. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's the one where 
you know, from the Penn State side of it, you couldn't give enough information about it. And then the other one I would say going away from Penn State, I'd point to Jayshar Barm because he was asked mm-hmm. about just as much as Dennis Sutton was, except he didn't go to Penn State and there was never anything new to share uh, from the nope. Jayshar Barm camp before he committed to South Carolina four days before signing day and then flipped to Maryland on signing day. So they they were uh, like the exact opposites, though. Yeah, like, yeah, like tonight. Yes. Deny I could get anytime I wanted, and, and he would be open if there was a change, he'd tell you. Uh, but normally there wasn't. I mean, you know, it's not like these things change every couple of days. They have the same kind of talks with the coaches all the time, and not much really changes. But, uh, but yeah, they just were exact opposites in a different way. And you were speaking about Indianapolis. It was it was my – I remember working with you. I was in Colorado at the time right. for my sister's wedding. Oh, man, that was that – I was I missed the rehearsal dinner. It was uh, – that was a crazy day, crazy commitment. There was a lot that went into that one. You and David came up clutch, so thank you. Yeah, your wife probably won't let you forget about that anytime soon either. My sister more so. My well, my wife had to watch the kids, so at a rehearsal, which wasn't ever good. But I ended up yeah. making the most important part. I just missed the part where they just like talk to you about whatever. No one's paying attention anyway. I did my walk. We were good. Awesome. All right. Well, let's move on to the moment you knew that Penn State had a class that could be a top 10 uh, group. I mean, to me, I went with the 4th of July weekend when they went into Mm -hmm. it and landed, uh, what, four commitments between July 2nd and July 4th, and then Nick Singleton committed two days later. You actually went a little bit earlier than this, I believe. Go ahead. Well, yeah. I mean, so look, they had seven four-star players committed out of their first eight. And you know, you know who wasn't the four star? Drew Aller, the best player in the class. Yeah, Drew, Aller. Drew Aller. Yeah. So uh, where, yeah. Mean, that- so six months ago, we were having a very different conversation at a different place about that. Our previous institution. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. No, that's a good point. I forgot about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So just of course, I mean, Bo Perbula was a four star at rivals at the time, and and Drew, of course, wasn't. Um. So just, I mean, you know, whenever you have seven four-star players committed right off the bat and they were always ranked incredibly high yep. so when i when you ha- when you have that right and then you have denied dennis sutton we knew at the time was like okay we think he's favoring penn state and you had nick singleton out there who of course you know notre dame made it interesting but we always thought penn state was very much a player to yep. me it was like look what i have here and look what's potential like realistically available that's kind of when it started, you know, coming to my mind that that's realistic. Now, of course, you got to land the guys, and right. it wasn't like truly, you know, apparent uh, until July. But when, when you're doing the math and you're looking what's available, I think at the end of was it uh, beginning of April, I guess we'll say, because uh, Al- Aller committed, I think, early March, and I think then Malik wasn't until May, I want to say. But yeah. between that gap there, it, it it felt like okay, something something's brewing here. Well, we're talking about Drew Aller, so I'm going to change the rundown on you a bit. Uh, the biggest get for Penn State in this class, you went with him, and you know Mike Yurcich made him such a priority during the recruiting cycle. From a very early point, it was clear that Mike Yurcich wanted Drew Aller, and that Drew Aller, it quickly became clear as well, that Drew Aller wanted to play for Mike Yurcich, and... You know, you've been doing this a long time. I'm sure you can probably count on the number, on one hand, the number of players who have made such a meteoric rise through the rankings as he has. Does anyone even close to come to mind? I don't think so. Um, no, no. Especially because so he, he's makes a quarterback. Get, I'm sure for you, yes. Yeah, yeah. Especially because he's a quarterback. You know, like right. at that position, usually you always have those like three, four, five guys who start at the top, they end at the top. You know, you know very early that they're going to be the guys. So. Yeah, I, I can't think of a rise like that. 
Uh, I mean, now I'll also just keep in perspective that the pandemic had a big part in that, you know, if, sure, if, absolutely. If pandemic no doesn't question. happen. Yeah. And he's at camps the year prior. You know, I don't think he's, I think he's probably a, you know, probably a rivals. Would he have been a, a four-star sooner? I, I mean, I would, I would hope, uh, but <laughs> I don't know. You got to talk to the rivals guys about that. But of course we're, we're referring, cause you know, we were at rivals originally. So I'm, I'm thinking of those rankings at the time, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I think the pandemic clearly had a had a big part in that because once he got out there and you know Elite Eleven and then Elite Eleven Finals, I mean, it just was all uphill from there. What about the biggest miss for Penn State? Where'd you go there? Where did I go? Biggest. You went miss. with an eye white. I can tell you if you don't know, <laughs> you went with well, an eye white. Uh, so I I wrote that I wrote that I think a lot of fans uh, yeah. would pick an eye. And but was I, I was State never ever on the... seriously. Let's just say this: Was Penn State ever seriously no. in that recruitment? No, no. So then that's and that's, not a and that's kind of what I wrote. I mean, that just is what it is. Um... Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. And but the other guy I picked too was the same way. And so I, I wrote a nod just because, like, I think in fans' perspective, he's the number one player in PA. He's a Philly guy. You got to get him. And Penn State pushed hard for him, no doubt about it. But just to me, just... I never got the vibe that. Penn State should right. be a top three team. But the other guy I did yeah. say, who was the exact same way, and I struggled with this one a little bit, was Andre Green, wide receiver, of course, who committed to to North Carolina. I mean, I, I never, you know, I don't think he ever even visited Penn State. But, like, I know Penn State recruited him incredibly hard. I know at one point he was, like, without a doubt, their number one wide receiver target. And then I also know what I watched that day at Under Armour Baltimore camp, and it was incredibly special. Like, I think North Carolina got themselves somebody. They got themselves a diamond here. I really believe that. Yeah, I went with Emil Wagner. I just think he has yeah. all of the traits you want in an offensive lineman. I think Notre Dame got a tremendous get there. And, you know, Penn State was in that recruitment. It seemed like, you know, Kentucky, Ohio State, maybe at one point or another, were trending there. And he ends up at Notre Dame, which I'm not sure if you would have asked people last uh, July or even June uh, if he was going <laughs> to go to Notre Dame. You probably would have thought, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I talked to him back in the summer. And,. You know, sometimes you can tell, sometimes you can't, and obviously things change, but he was not, you know, the answers he gave about Notre Dame were not exactly the longest ones of the conversation. That actually was about Ohio nope. State uh, at the point in time that I talked to him. So that was fascinating to me. But, yeah, I think he's a guy you're going to see play a lot over the years ahead, and I think it would have really helped Penn State at a time when, buddy, I'm telling you, uh, the tackle and just general offensive line depth is, is not great for Penn State right now in terms of mm – -hmm the number of guys who can actually go out and play. So that's why I go with him. Portal, man. It's going to be monsters. Absolutely monsters here in the couple next couple of weeks. Yeah, and I know that a lot of Penn State fans have been frustrated by Penn State uh, being slow, uh, in their opinion, slow to start with Portal guys. But, you know, James Franklin, I thought, said it best. And we'll just, dub, we'll just uh, detour this conversation quickly. But... I mean, so many of these guys, Ryan, for the most part, when they go into the portal, they know where they're going next. They have their next stop. Yeah. And you can offer a guy, you know, but if he knows where he's going, who cares if you offered him? It makes no difference. You never had a chance anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I will say that. I mean, I don't really have a lot, lot more to add to that. I mean, the only thing I would say is just, uh, you know, by this time last year, Penn State had a, had a few guys jumping on board. I mean, this this week was when Ebiketti, Tangelo – John Dixon. Yeah, I you know say. the important uh, part of committed. that is that the season ended later. So I mean, I think that's true. Can, that's a good you point. Can look at that and say that yeah, this week was important then. But at the same time, um, you know, you can also say that well, the season ended later. So I don't know. And last year, 
it's really hard to, I think, use, and I, this is why some fans are frustrated, because Penn State made these moves before the new year in large quantity a year ago, and I think it's just a totally different game right now. You know, there's bowl Good games, point. which they're really, I mean, there were bowl games last year that everyone played in them. Uh, you know, guys are able to maybe jump on a plane more easily and go see a place they might want to visit. It's a dead period. They'd have to do it self-guided, but they could, whereas yeah. last year it really uh, – everything was electronic. So I think there's some key differences here. Uh, that's not really the point of this podcast. Hunter Norzad. What's that? Hunter Norzad. I mean, yeah. Hunter Norzad, the the Cornell O-lineman. Uh, just uh, I believe he was first team All-Ivy. I believe Norzad's last – the power pronounce his last name. I apologize if it's not, but he's without a doubt – like the guy, like Penn State fans, if you're going to put somebody on Twitter notifications or want to follow all the time, that's your guy because they 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 really want him. Very good. All right, let's move on to the recruit you thought Penn State would get, but it didn't, and then the one guy that it did get that you thought would maybe get away. Yeah, so Anto Saka was kind of my pick here, and, and Moses Walker. I kind of debated between the two. With Anto Saka, I mean, just a lot of about him fits Penn State. Uh, just cares academically. I mean, really bright kid. Uh, there, there just was so many things there. A lot remind me a lot of Jesse Laquetta in a lot of different ways. Uh, just getting to know him. He ended up at Northwestern. I mean, Northwestern man, incredible. Like I said, I mean, academics are incredibly important. I believe. Uh, well, and I facilities. Believe I mean, I, as far as is, yeah. at least what they share publicly, and there's a reason they share it publicly. It's why we're doing a recruiting podcast. But uh, mm -hmm. the stuff that they put out there, their facilities are top notch. Even though the team, yeah. you know, isn't always. Um, I think academics is the thing, though. Like, yeah. I, I believe his parents – I believe one of his parents is a doctor. And, and like, that was – I knew right from the start uh, that academics were going to have a monstrous role here, and it played out that way. It was the same with Austin Firestone, too. I don't know if you remember that young man, uh, offensive lineman from Florida, who I, I thought at one point, like, Troutwine led with, and he was incredibly important to Trout and all that. Uh, but academics were just going to be monstrous. And, of course, he ended up at, at Northwestern, too. So I thought those were two good gets for Northwestern. And then just real quick, I want to mention Moses Walker because – I mean, Rutgers straight up beat out Penn State for that, and you do not see that very often. I, I thought at the end Penn State would beat out Rutgers. I knew Rutgers had the edge. Um, and then, you know, he came for that official visit, and I was like, okay, here's where it flips. Here's where he's going to end up at Penn State, and he didn't. And, you know, of course, his, his tweet, you know, sending it to Franklin and all that stuff, uh, you know, when he did that, that raised enough eyebrows. And, it, you know, my, I mean, the Penn State kept pursuing him, but you kind of knew it was over by then but yeah those would be my two and then as far as the guy they got who i didn't expect yeah, i forgot about that i didn't think about what you were talking about for a second yeah i i totally forgot was walker's about that. tweet but yeah that was remember that was a new one to... yeah that was i i don't know if i've ever seen a kid commit somewhere else and troll his uh his troll someone who recruited <laughs> the, him and yeah uh, the opposing him. head coach yeah Not of all, I, you know it's of all people, you freaking tag Franklin in it. Like, ugh. Yeah, I think so it was like, yeah, was it just so Franklin too? It was. I think it was yeah. like just Franklin. Like it that was, was the only tag. Yeah. So uh, let's just say this. If he ever ends up in the transfer portal, I think there's probably a decent chance that Penn State well, is not an option. But, bro, they kept pursuing him though. Like, True. I mean, they were going after him all the way through. Like, I think right after that happened, sure, there was, there was definitely some people on last that were like, yo, screw this. But at the end – they were absolutely pursuing him. I mean, throughout – and by the end, I mean, like, in the fall. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, like, right after the end of December for the signing period. But I know they were definitely interested. They wanted to get him back on campus for a visit. So, I mean, he's a heck of a player. I mean, speaking of, like, guys you see up close, you know, he was one of – you know, when we were talking about, uh, you know, how, how the summer worked for, for me at least – 
Like, he was one of those guys when I saw up close, I was like, oh, I understand now why this guy's incredibly important. I mean, he is just an ox. I mean, he looks he looks like he can play already. And I wouldn't be surprised right. if he is playing pretty quickly. I think so, and what, too. Zane Durant. I want to add Zane Durant there, just, just the guy who uh, – who I didn't think they'd land. I mean, up until like a week before he committed, yeah. I just kind of had him as like, ah, Florida guy came up for a visit, you know, saying all the right things, whatever, you know, we'll see him end up down there. And, you know, it was maybe not even a week. It was maybe like five days before he committed where people were like, hey, you, you might want to wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You might want to get on this one. So uh, just give John Scott a hell of a lot of credit for that one, man, because that was a guy that I didn't really think uh, would be on board and then he's also a guy that the more i watch and the more i learn i think penn state got a really good player there yeah there's no question about it really talented guy who is going to come in and hope to play sooner rather than later all right last one here on this final edition of the blue white illustrated penn state recruiting podcast for 2021 the flip penn state would like to have back see to me um n- number one there's four and three, really, because Jordan Allen and, and they, you know, that kind of just ended. But yeah, Penn State uh, pretty much got him. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, to me, the one that stands out the most, and I, your reasoning is fine. You're going to share it here in a second. But to me, it's uh, Tyrese Furibri. I, I just think his mm-hmm. film is awesome. And his commitment lasted, what, like 28 days, I think? Um, yeah. He was one of those guys who committed over the July 4th weekend and then decommitted, I'm pretty sure, before August hit. And uh, many thought he would wind up at Pitt. Instead, he goes to Kentucky. So he was the one for me. I just think kind of like Emil Wagner. It's a position of need, and he's a really good player. So that's the one that I think if Penn State could wave a wand and have a flip back, that that would be the one oh, yeah. for me. Yeah, no, and I, I mean, he would be the he's the right pick. There's no doubt, and no doubt about it. Uh, he's an in-state guy. This is nonetheless. the part where you, you know, say we... I filled out this document first, so I got to pick him before you had a chance. <laughs> to. Isn't, that, isn't that what you're getting at here? <laughs> But yes, but I also, uh, I mean, we've done this before and I'll fill out the same thing you do. So my, my only, my thought here was like, yes, okay, we're down to four guys, right? Jordan Allen, Penn State decided to go a different way. Andre Roy, surprised when he committed, not surprised when he decommitted. Like there was nothing, nothing none of that recruitment was surprising. And then the only reason I, I lean towards holding Stace a little bit more was just because Fairbury was all over the place too at times, you know, like even when he committed, I had people like, oh, you know, there's going to be a lot of work that we still got to do here and all that kind of stuff where Stace really fit Penn State. I mean, and look, you landed up in Notre Dame, a school that's very similar in a lot of ways on how, how they, uh, you know, structure their program and, you know, what they expect from them as students and all that. So, um, but like, again, like losing Tyler Bowen, I can find, you know, pros and cons for all these guys so that makes sense i mean losing tyler bowen in the nfl was a major reason why um stace decided to to look around again and that really wasn't anybody's fault i mean it just kind of how how recruitments play out sometimes so i i think like if you're asking guys in last building they would absolutely say tyrese fairbury he was an incredibly important prospect they pursued him throughout even you know after the decommitment and the commitment to kentucky and all that i mean he was always someone they were after but i do think it's just notable to to mention Holden Stace because he, he's a really good player that Penn State really wanted and um, would have fit the program well. We can't thank everyone enough for listening to us and subscribing as we've kicked off this uh, Blue White Illustrated Penn State recruiting podcast back in July. We have some uh, made some improvements along the way and hope to make some more. If you want to leave feedback, you can do that at youtube.com slash Blue White Illustrated or whatever app you are listening to this podcast on. Don't forget Join Blue White Illustrated and on three. It's just one dollar for three hundred and sixty-five days of access. That gets you into the Lions Den forum, where uh, you can give us feedback on the podcast and other things as well. Ryan, final thoughts. 
Uh, like I said on our last one, man, just thank you guys so much for subscribing. You know, not just our YouTube page, uh, but of course to to On Three and Blue White Illustrated. It's been an incredible year. I never, ever, ever, ever expected the amount of people who would subscribe. And of course, it's a dollar deal, right? So like, I probably should have had higher expectations, but man that those last uh two months have been incredible and just what we're doing moving forward i hope people saw the the nil valuation algorithm that we're putting out there i think a lot of athletes and fans are going to be looking towards that and, and you know really kind of realizing the power that social media has and there's so many other cool database tools that we have coming uh, there's a state database and a school database we're going to be able to look at you know what maryland where where does pennsylvania really stack up compared to ohio florida california texas all that kind of stuff it, it's going to be incredibly in depth you know we, we've been working on it behind the scenes for the longest time i i feel like that that database is like embedded in my head like the admin <laughs> i put so much work into it sometimes but we're really we really know that on the back end it's going to pay off but just just thanks everybody who's always subscribed to us thanks everybody who is new and also thank everybody who um you know giving us a listen on youtube and just giving us a you know a moment to get our names out there i guess that's the, the one three it. nil valuation post per value or uh, yeah post per value and the nil 100 all coming out january 5 2022 stay tuned to that at on3.com we'll talk to you about that in 2022 on the next edition of the blue white illustrated penn state recruiting podcast but for one final time in 2021 we're signing off he's ryan snyder and i'm greg pickle we'll talk to you more next year and next week blue white illustrated.com for all your latest penn state football and recruiting news Happy